Oh, welcome into the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbach. What up, what up? And Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. Yellow to my fellows. <laughs> we are the Fantasy Football Fathers. This is our podcast. If you're new to the show, it is a new show itself. Uh, we just started recording it this year. So um, it's a little basic, but we're also basic fellas. Uh, so uh, we hope you guys enjoy. We are going to be going over the top 25 receivers um, from this year, from 2021, and kind of looking at some consistency uh, rankings and want to discuss whether we think those those receivers will be able to finish in the top 25-ish again next year risers fallers that all that good stuff so uh if you're new to us we uh are not new to fantasy football we are new to recording podcasts but uh we've all been playing fantasy football for many many years um since we were we little ones um many many and now we're getting crusty um <laughs> uh, so anyways um, if you are on the Twitter, we are on the Twitter at the FF Fathers. Uh, you can find us there. That's where we interact with the fantasy football community and post all of our shows. Um, so uh, throughout the off season, we'll be doing more episodes like this. Um, if you missed our running back episode, we went through the top twenty running backs, um, consistency rankings, riser fallers, all that. So go look for that anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Um, and that's pretty much it, right? Anything else? I think what the listeners are really waiting for is if we're going to give a moment of silence to Tyro Williams. <laughs> but <laughs> If you've been following us all season, uh, Trey has a weird affection for the man named Tyrell Williams, the myth. It's not affection, it's concern. Pretty sh- I'm pretty sure he doesn't actually exist. And... Trey's just been making them up this whole time. Pretty much. But honestly, like, before we get going in these rankings, I just for like the listener's sake and really my sake, explain it to me like I'm a second grader um, what these consistency rankings come from. Uh, it's basically just looking at their finishes throughout the season and um, kind of averaging out what a number one wide receiver finish would look like in terms of points and seeing how many times they reach that mark um same with like an elite finish so for for this show and for our purposes and for the rankings that we're using uh anything greater than 18.72 half ppr points uh is considered an elite finish for that game anything greater than 13.04 half ppr points is considered a number one wide receiver finish anything less than that is subpar or not a number one wide receiver finish um, so that's kind of how we go through this, um, and how we check consistency, uh, based on the entire season. Um, so, so yeah, let's get, let's get it going here. We're going to go through the top 25. Um, and if there are any other receivers you guys want to bring up throughout the show, just bring them up and we'll talk about it. Tyrell Williams. <laughs> no, <okay. laughs> uh, all right. So starting at the top here, I think we all know who finished number one uh, by this point at the wide receiver position. Go, Eags. The GOAT. (laughs) (laughs) 
Go Eags. Um, we're we're Eastern Washington Washingtonians ourselves. Uh, so big fans of this guy, Cooper Cup. Finished as the number one receiver overall. Um, finished number one in consistency as well. He had an elite finish, fifty eight point eight two percent of the time, um, which is uh, a big number. Uh, he had a number one wide receiver finish, eighty eight point two four percent of the time, uh, which is massive. That's like sixteen games out of the eighteen. <laughs> seventeen, because you have the buy. They only played seventeen. Oh, yet. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, while he was drafted, his ADP was wide receiver seventeen. So if you're lucky to snag Cooper Cup this year, I mean. Hey, good on you. And uh, you probably won a championship. I mean, everything's pretty much been said about him already, but he, he was throwing 156 catchable balls, not including just his targets. I mean, some people didn't even get that many targets. Well, yeah. a lot of people didn't. A lot of people. Like, even elite receivers weren't getting 156 targets. He had 191 targets, 156 catchable ones. Just a massive, massive year. Triple crown, Super Bowl MVP. One of the greatest wide receiver seasons of all time. But there have been rumors of McVay not being, you know, um, uh, you know, hinting at the fact that he could possibly retire. Some people are saying it's just for leverage sake, contract sake. Uh, but what do you guys think? You know, is this repeatable next year? Maybe not to this level, but can he have a top five finish next year? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, there's no reason to think that he won't still be a top five receiver. The offense isn't going to change unless McVay leaves. That's you know that changes everything. But if that if that does happen, I would still think they probably promote with with from within. I know they just lost their OC to Minnesota, which may change things. But I think that maybe they go to the quarterbacks coach, something else, um, that to take over as head coach because they don't want to you know change what they have going on right now. Yeah, I think we should start a segment on this show called Undeniable. Because um, he's one of the few guys that is undeniable, and it's a phrase that we use a lot for guys that really, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, Devontae Adams, whatever. You guys like they're literally undeniable at this point in their career. He really is undeniable. And am I late on this? Is anyone calling him Super Cup yet? Like, is it? It seems too easy. No, no, I think you're the first. You better go copyright that <laughs> trademark. I'm gonna go Cooper write that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you better get that one too. Um, uh, yeah, as long as Matt Stafford's the quarterback, um, I think you can, you can bet on a top five finish next year. Um, and he'll be drafted as such. I, I think a lot of people will probably draft him as the one oh one of receivers. Um, so, um, you know, it's going to be crazy. Just the, the massive jump that he had from last year to this year is, is just phenomenal. Um, and what a, what a weapon he was for fantasy teams this year. Does him being 28 years old cause concern for you guys? Not redraft purposes. I mean, you know, maybe in the dynasty you could consider selling him off for a, a huge ransom, but, I mean, you'd have to get quite the bag, I think, to sell Cooper Cup right now. Yeah, I still want to sell 28. I mean, that means he has, what, three or four years left of, like, elite production still in him. Right. Um, I wouldn't be selling him any, by any means right now. How many years do you think Stafford has left in him after winning the Super Bowl? And Stafford probably only has has one, but maybe two. Um, But I think Cooper Cup is the type of route runner where he's open for any quarterback to give him the ball. Yeah. Um, Let's move on. Number two receiver, Debo Samuel. Uh, his ADP was 36, 
one of the steals of the draft this year, no doubt. Um, there was a lot of injury concern coming into the season, and that's why you don't bank on players getting injured again. Um, finished second in consistency, basically um, developed a new position in football. <laughs> uh, what do they call it? The wing back or the the wide back? <laughs> the WRB. <laughs> if anybody was on a youth football team with someone who was way better than everybody else, you had already seen this position. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Just do everything. Uh, he was elite 50% of the time, uh, 81.25%. Uh, of his finishes were number one wide receiver finishes. Him and Cooper Cup were the only two receivers that were in the 80% uh, window for number one finishes uh, this year. Um, So massive year for Debo Samuel. Um, That offense is going to relatively stay the same. Obviously, Jimmy G probably gone, um, but Trey Lance will step in. Either way, I mean, Debo is going to be a massive part of this offense. Um, again next year. I thought it was interesting, like the amount of yards after the catch that he got. Um, obviously, like a lot of short passes, but I, I, I'm like iffy on him next year. But maybe that's just me. Actually, no, I'm with you there. Um, the change of quarterback. I mean, we don't know a whole lot about Trey Lance, not yet. Yeah. I mean, if you even go back to college, like, this is one thing that everyone worry about. He played one year as a starter in college at a FCS level so like we don't know the competition I know he can run a lot which I think actually hurts Debo right because he'll you know there'll be more running plays so I think Debo will still have a great year I mean he'll probably still be a number one wide receiver um, but I see him more as like a top 10 or top 12 receiver not a top five okay uh Devontae Adams finished as number three overall um could be a free agent next year so it's a big question, or is a free agent, you know, depending on what, what whatever the Packers decide to do, but they might, you know, throw the franchise tag on him or, or what. But uh, his ADP was one overall this year, uh, finished third in consistency. He gave you, uh, he had 37.5% elite finishes, 62.5% of his finishes were number one receiver finishes. Um, so Devontae Adams, you know, a lot up in the air right now in, in terms of, of where he goes or if he stays in green Bay, if Rogers stays in green Bay or not. Um, but skill based, you know, just as an athlete, as a, as a wide receiver, as a player, I think it's safe to say Devonte probably finishes. Would you say top five again next year? If all remains the same. Undeniable. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He's still in that, in that, uh, that frame of, of undeniable and, and almost unguardable. So, well, I still remember when we're talking ADP, we're talking about the position itself. So when his ADP is one, like obviously he wasn't going one, one, but he was the first receiver off of the boards. Just in case anyone's a little confused about that. <laughs> uh, this next guy on the list finished at number four, Justin Jefferson His ADP was wide receiver seven. He finished fourth in consistency overall, uh, 23.53% elite finishes, 64.71% number one wide receiver finishes. Um, so if you drafted him as your wide receiver one, you got great production out of, out of JJ. Um, this is a guy that I think, you know, any year, uh, moving forward, he has the potential to finish as the number one wide receiver, um, just based off of, of skill, 
And if he gets the volume, like if he got the type of volume Cooper Cup got, um, you could definitely see a number one wide receiver finish. Well, he actually did. He had 167 targets. So, I mean, oh, really? not not oh. quite as many. Like, yeah. he's a little shorter on that. But about I mean, 30 short, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, he still had a ton of targets. And the crazy thing about with him is that, like, he actually did better than he did his rookie year, which a lot of people thought maybe his ceiling. He he improved on that. Yeah. Um, And that's and only one more game. I know that helps. But he beat it by more than 200 yards, um, 40 more targets, which is massive, and 20 more receptions. So, uh, he's definitely the wide receiver one this offense. Um, I don't expect him to fall off by any means. That's the last time you use my computer for your stats, sir. Look at your own screen. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that was just was some great chemistry that was working out there. Um, yeah, Justin Jefferson. I I'm gonna do a little bit of like a subject change. Honestly, but like it's interesting that like he finished so well, and if uh, Adam Thielen would have stayed healthy, he would have also finished in the top twenty-five as yeah. far as like points per game. So quietly once again the vikings have like one of the best wide receiver tandems especially for fantasy yeah definitely adam Thielen was having a pretty good year there before the injury i think better than a lot of people expected they were kind of you know waiting for the shoe to fall off with adam Thielen as he gets older but he was still producing um so be curious to see where these guys end up adp wise heading into next year uh but safe to say justin jefferson will be pretty high up there Un deniable <laughs> he's he's a freak it's a small club there's just a lot of people included early in the episode <laughs> and this next guy i think is well within that um range jamar chase finished not yet not yet not yet <laughs> what if joe burrow hits him on that game-winning touchdown where he beat jalen ramsey again and had him on the dirt Leave Jalen Ramsey alone. <laughs> Still, no. I, I got to see um, if he does like the the first half of next next year. Undeniable. Yeah. Uh, what a rookie year for Jamar Chase. Um, you know, if only the Bengals drafted a, a lineman instead. Uh, no, but his ADP was twenty seven uh, coming in this year which, you know, I feel like it was a little bit higher than that, and then the preseason happened, and he dropped a couple balls, and he started falling a little bit. Um, so if you were still a believer and you drafted him um, in that, you know, six to eight round range, um, it was a good pick. He finished 12th in consistency. He had 29.41% uh, elite finishes, 41.18% number one wide receiver finishes, so you'd like to see a little bit more consistency, but still, he finished as the top five uh, wide receiver in half-point PPR formats. Um, so great year. I expect pretty much the same next year. Yeah, I'd say you'd have to. Um, honestly, the only thing holding the Bengals back right at this, at this point is an offensive line. Yeah. And if you give Joe Burrow just a little bit more time to throw, that just means more receptions for Jamar Chase. Yeah, he could have. I mean, realistically, he he's you know, could finish as the number one wide receiver overall next year, given they improve their offensive line. Interesting sad about Jamar Chase, because, you know, Debo Samuel had the crazy year with all the yards after the catch, averaging about 11 after the catch. Jamar Chase averaging eight, which, like, really puts them in a, a, a tier above the rest of the elite receivers in that area, because everyone else is around, like, five yards or below for yards after the catch. And him and Debo are eight. You know, he had eight and Debo is 11. So it puts him in good good ter or good uh company. Yeah. 
you know, it's just looking at like the receivers that were coming in next year. I it is amazing that there's probably five or six guys you could all say have a shot to be the number one wide receiver next year. Yeah, it's it's the list is growing. It's super deep. Mm-hmm. Um, number six. Speaking of Tyreek Hill, uh, had an ADP of uh, wide receiver number two this year going into the season. Uh, finished seventeenth though in consistency. Uh, 29.41% of his finishes were elite. 41.18% of his finishes were number one wide receiver finishes. And I think overall, if you drafted Tyreek Hill, that it was a little bit of a disappointing season for you. I'd say so with his ADP. Like definitely, uh, you expected a little bit more. But at the same time, you couldn't be, I guess, um, that disappointed. Right. Just a little bit underperformed for his ADP, but barely. Right. Yeah, and actually, really, the thing is, I mean, he put up the exact same numbers he did the year before, except for the touchdowns. His touchdowns got cut in half, and that's the only difference. If you look at his his targets were way up. Receptions were about the same. Yards were about the same. But his touchdowns were dropped by seven overall, so that, that hurt him a lot. We didn't see the same like consistency in the offense of in the offense overall, you know, not just Tyreek Hill, but in Patrick Mahomes and, and the offense as a as a whole. So I think they get some things figured out in the offseason, you know, figure out what they're doing wrong. You know, Patrick was definitely holding on to the ball a little bit longer than he should most of the time. Um, trying to just do too much, probably. Yeah, he for long stretch of the season he looked like he was out there playing mad and not real football right, so. right that's what it always looks like but i'm a raider fan i hate him um <laughs> <laughs> uh, finishing at number seven was stefan diggs his adp was three overall finished 15th in consistency he only gave uh 11.76 percent of, of his finishes were elite which is uh, a disappointing number for Stefan Diggs, no doubt about it. Um, 47.06% of his finishes were number one wide receiver overall finishes. So he still, you know, produced for you, but you didn't have as many of those big splash games that you come to expect from Stefan Diggs. Do you guys think this carries over to next year, or do we see more of the big-time finishes, big-time games from Stefan next year? No, I expect to see more of what we saw this year. It has nothing to do with Stephon Diggs. This is more the development of Josh Allen. Josh Allen is seeing the field better. He's not honing in on strictly Stephon Diggs, and he's just spreading the ball around. So he'll still be a top 10 receiver next year. Um, I'm almost assured of it. Um, if you want to say top 12, fine. Like I'll give you that. But I'd say he's top 10. Um, but, yeah, I think it's only because it's Josh Allen just getting better as a quarterback. Yeah, I think that's the right take. Gabriel Davis, number one receiver overall next year. <laughs> calm down calm down hey that's the hype on twitter hey, you brought him up are we are you looking to get gabriel davis on your team next year i think so i mean it depends on where he's falling in in redraft leagues but you know he showed that he can produce when given opportunity so if he's your second receiver you feel good about that uh, i don't know if i'd go that far um good place to draw the line yeah, Good place to draw the line. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm talking in the background here. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, no. Um, you know he's really interesting. Like I, I feel like if you can pick up Gabriel Davis as your wide receiver three, um, you're doing well. You know, 
that's that's kind of where I'm at. That's where I would like to take him right now. I think he's one of those guys that like he can make or break a team next year. Yeah, that's it's a risky kind of pick right now. Which means I'm not drafting him because I play it safe. <laughs> Uh, Mike Evans finished as the wide receiver eight overall. His ADP was 13th um, coming into the season. He finished seventh in consistency, which was kind of surprising to me, but, you know, because he was so inconsistent last year, probably just because I had him on a lot of rosters last year um, and not this year. But um, 25% of his finishes were elite. Uh, 56.25% of his finishes were number one wide receiver overall finishes. Well, you know, now what though? <laughs> yeah. That is an excellent question. <laughs> who knows? I mean, the quarter, obviously we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. We don't know if Chris Godwin's going to be back. We know Antonio Brown's not coming back. Yeah. Uh, six, Gronk, six. Gronk is, is probably gone. I'm sure he re-retires and stays retired this time. Um, unless Brady pulls him back out in like three years. I don't know. But um, does Arians even stay? Like Arians says he's committed. So I mean, yeah, Arians is Arians is there. So I don't know. I mean, if they bring in a decent veteran quarterback, I think he'll be fine because he'll be the number one guy there, regardless of Godwin or not being involved. But I mean, if there's someone like Kyle Trask, oh yeah, the only bright spot is the fact that he might be the only guy, right? Like that's it. If you bring in Kyle Trask, you're Trasking for trouble. <laughs> yeah. right. Hey, man, we couldn't do this show without your puns, that's for sure. Um, Quick with Mike Evans might be, so far, out of the guys we named, the biggest faller um, so far. But he could be completely wrong. It could be almost good for fantasy that all the other guys have left, and now it's just Mike Evans to you know just get a, a massive amount of volume. But we got to see how things play out. Who's their quarterback? You know, what does the rest of the team look like? Where does Chris Godwin go? Um, all those things have to be worked out. But right now, he's looking like a pretty big faller. I agree with you, and I would just like to point out four top eight finishes in the last four years. Yeah, pretty consistent there. Um. Next on the list, number nine, Deontay Johnson, one of my favorite players. Um, his ADP was 21 overall, uh, which you know I loved in drafts this year because I really liked him. I really like him as a player, and I felt he was being undervalued um, and almost overshadowed by Chase Claypool in a lot of circles, which I thought was crazy. Um, and he proved that right this year. He finished eighth in consistency. He was elite 18.75% of the time and 56.25% of his finishes were number one wide receiver finishes. Um, you know, obviously there's some question marks for this roster next year. Big Ben out of the picture. Who's going to play quarterback? Um, I think we could see if it's someone that's, you know, somewhat capable, not Mason Rudolph, at quarterback, Deontay has a good chance of finishing somewhere in the top 12, top 10 again. But just based off of his talent alone, and I think uh, Tomlin likes to feed him the rock, um, that's kind of what I would bank on. But at this point, we got to see who's playing quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers next year. If Ryan Fitzpatrick is his quarterback, 
Does that make you like him more or less? I like him a lot. If Ryan Fitzpatrick right? is this quarterback. Right? Yeah. Urbach's uh, laughing at us, dude. I still got faith in the Fitz. I got faith in the Fitz. I just love that you brought back this magic out of nowhere. <laughs> like, it was so unprompted. It was great. Um, I mean, it's not not bad. Not bad at all. Um, I, the weird, weird thing about Pittsburgh is that I think Deontay Johnson will be just fine because I, I almost I full-on expect to have a veteran quarterback leading that team next year. Yeah. Whether it be, you know, trade for Jimmy G, bring in Jameis Winston, um, you know, maybe maybe Fitz. Yeah. Um, you know, I think those are all guys that I just feel like they're gonna go. And then they might still draft a quarterback too. You know, maybe it's first round or whatever, but he'll be a development anyways because it's you know, draft class sucks. So. Right, right. Tell me if I'm wrong here, okay? If I'm if I'm playing Madden and I'm signing two quarterbacks off a free agent list, you got Ryan Fitzpatrick, veteran, solid eighty. Or you can pick up Jimmy G, 72 overall. <laughs> Maybe high 70s for a- low 70s for accuracy. I'm like, just surprised I'm just... you gave Fitzpatrick an 80. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're going off of throw power, <laughs> <Yeah>. intelligence, <laughs> beard. Well, we have to remember that he was Trey's dark horse MVP yeah. last year. <laughs> and he is next year, folks. All right. <laughs> Sneak peek on the episode in two months. <laughs> Yeah, he. Uh, either way, I mean, I think Deontay's a great player. I've always liked him. He's a dog out there. Um, I expect him to produce. You know, he had a limp arm noodle, noodle arm Big Ben out there. <laughs> One thing you can't call Ben is limp. You better get that out of here. <laughs> as soon as I said that. Oh, geez. All right. Um, we got people. <laughs> testify (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's there's court documents prove otherwise no uh number 10 overall mike williams i think is a a name worth conversing about mike who williams (laughs) wham (laughs) (laughs) um free agent this year uh adp wide receiver 47 coming into this year so if you drafted him you know even though towards the end of the year it kind of killed you because you're you know, trying to decide if you should start him or not. But at the beginning of the year, he was dominant. Um, consistency ranking of 10 overall. Lies. I don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm still numbers. trying to wrap my head around that, too, because, like, he's the definition of inconsistent. I mean, what, top 25 is, like, six times out of 18 or 17 games? Yeah. I mean, hey, numbers don't lie, man. Uh, elite 18.75% of the time wide receiver one 50% of the time. Um, Mike Williams, where do you think he goes? Do you think he's back for the charges or what? No, uh, he's going to end up commanding receiver one money. Um, so the Chargers aren't going to pay him that. And, any team that is paying him to be their number one wide receiver, I think is going to regret that decision. He seems like the bona fide number two guy, like high end number two guy, but like can't be number one, not, not on his own. If you look at his scores last year, he had just as many games below six points as he did over 18 points. Yeah. Boom like, or bust. Like that's not subpar. That's abysmal versus like amazing. So like, I don't like, that's not consistent. Like, How's he 10th? <laughs> <laughs> it's because of those big finishes. It's because of those big games, but yeah. dare I make the connection with a past Chargers receiver with the last name Williams? Yeah, I'm bringing him back, Tyro Williams. 
who had a couple decent seasons for the Chargers and used that to command wide receiver one money. Am I right? I'm getting somewhere. You know I am. Yeah. And it basically never deserving that wide receiver money for the rest of his career. Mike Williams, maybe? Another Williams Charger guy. Demanding too much money. Doesn't deserve it. <laughs> Trey, I'm thinking you're going to need to accept that. Tyrell's just gone. Uh, <laughs> Amon Ross St. Brown has him like swimming with the fishes or something. He's in one of the Great Lakes. <laughs> He won't be gone when I tattoo his name on my lower back. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah, we're going to move on. Uh, finishing at wide receiver 11, Hunter Renfro. One of the biggest, you know, sleepers this year. His ADP was wide receiver 95 in 2021. That's that. That means undrafted. The two guys, like two next guys ahead of him, were Scotty Miller and Quez Watkins. So and two Raider receivers being drafted before him, Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He finished thirteenth in consistency. <laughs> finished thirteenth in consistency. Uh, he only had five point eight eight percent elite finishes, but he gave you fifty two point nine four percent wide receiver one finishes um so if you picked him up off the waiver wire um i mean you got a solid solid flex option where how, how far up does his adp go like do you guys think he's drafted as a wide receiver two next year wide receiver three well i was gonna say if you had him as a wide receiver two you'd probably be pretty happy this year also i mean it's we're talking half PPR here, but I mean he's basically double digits every week. Wide receiver yeah. two, that's that's nice. You yeah, know? you're just looking for a nice consistent player. You know he's not going to give you a ton of those big, big games, big finishes. But if you're getting 13 points out of the guy week in and week out, I mean that's all you really need in that wide receiver two slot. The biggest thing I'd bring up about Hunter Renfro is the addition of those Patriots guys. You know, Josh McDaniel, Dave Ziegler probably doesn't really have that much of a change of what's going to happen to him. But um, we saw what Josh McDaniel did with their slot receivers, um, other smaller white guys. But let's just be honest. Um, <laughs> he he has a knack for it, right? He'll find a spot for him, and they'll be fantasy relevant. He has a track record for it. Only two drops this year out of 105 catchable passes. So, sure-handed Hunter Renfro, 103 catches on 128 targets overall. He's a guy I'm targeting. Like, if you can get him as your wide receiver three, that's money next year. Um, and 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 that's feasible too, right? He he's still gonna be undervalued somehow. Where do you think you draft him at though? Like, get, put a round out there on where you would think you'd be taking him. I mean, I don't. It totally depends on the structure of your team and nine okay okay <laughs> no, sorry i was speaking german i was just saying no <laughs> no i'm kidding yeah around, around about round nine yeah see i see i think round nine would be great i think that's like prime spot to get yeah. like your wide receiver three so that'd be huge i think you, you're gonna see him probably go more, close to around six though you think that high huh i think so yeah I think so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I don't. You know, I if you can get him as your wide receiver three, I'm I'm really comfortable with that. Wide receiver two, even you know, I'm still okay with that, and and definitely in deeper leagues. But, um, you know, I I could see. Do you guys think he finishes in the top? Let's say fifteen next year again. 
I think he's probably I think he's gonna be somewhere between like fifteen and twenty. Um, I think overall he's gonna be the leading receiver for the Raiders next year. Next year, uh, maybe Darren Waller, but out of the receiving group, he should be the, the number one guy there. You know, he's working out of the slot. Yeah, and you know, I think it is a little bit narrative-y, you know, with the McDaniel's and the slot receiver success in the past, but still, I I think there's some validity to it. I really think McDaniel's is gonna like him a lot. And want to use a lot, utilize them more um, than they have in the past. So, I mean, yeah, I was making a, a dumb joke about like the small white receivers, but McDaniel's as it literally came out and said how much he likes Hunter Renfro and just putting a little bit of the pieces of the puzzle together. Totally, I wouldn't be surprised if Hunter Renfro, I mean, um, has has a better year. He moves up from eleven. Same amount of usage, just a better year, better, uh, better game planning for him. Yeah. Maybe more touchdowns, get some more elite finishes. He could. I mean, there are, there is room to improve. So, interesting guy there. Interesting guy. It'll be interesting to see where his ADP lands heading into next year, which we will definitely be all over in this show. Uh, number 12, DK Metcalf. Uh, had an ADP of 6 overall. Finished 22 in consistency. Uh, 23.53% elite finishes, 41.18% number one wide receiver finishes. First sub 1,000 yard receiver we're talking about. He had less than 1,000 yards and he's and he finished that high. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty pretty impressive. Um, so what do we think? We think there's there's some room to move up this list next year for DK Metcalf. Depending on, of course, the Russell saga, and if he chooses to bless Seattle with another year with his presence, I'm curious what Urbach's going to say about this because he, you know, he's our local Seahawks guy. But we were talking about it before the podcast how Tyler Lockett is still he's still there and still very valuable. Um, one of the highest uh, air yards per route run or air yards per catch on the season, and also one of the highest yards after contact on the season. So he's still very useful. And as long as he's around, it scares me away from DK Metcalf. I'll be honest. I mean, he DK is borderline undeniable, but you know, there's just um, with Tyler Lockett there, I, I just feel like it's going to hold him back from his full potential. I'm curious if Urbach feels the same. Um, only because they kind of, you know, they they take they eat at each other like game in and game out. Like, I mean, I don't think it's a far fetch to say that they're probably a top three wide receiver tandem in the NFL. Um, there are that main, you know, offense that have two guys they can super rely on anyways. And so you kind of see it where like, and I'm not surprised that his consistency is low because of this is like one guy goes off one week. The other guy goes off the next week. Yep. It's not like they both ever have like great games together. Um, So I think you're going to see them finish probably right around where they are now. Like oddly enough, if you look at their stats, because Tyler Lockett finished 13th in so we're about to get him in him in right. a minute. Um, so they finished twelve and thirteen. They're probably gonna do the same thing next year. I just it seems like that's exactly where they should be. Yeah. Let me throw this out there: like Russell Wilson being gone and uh, the running back situation being kind of up in the air with Chris Carson's neck injury and Rashad Penny probably not being re-signed right at this point. Um, I mean, you could see a major overhaul in this offense. As far as talking about the offenses for all these players that we talked about, the biggest change in the offense might really be with Seattle, and it might benefit them if they really overhaul things. It's ironic if Russell Wilson leaves and they do better, but it gives them the chance to do something different. 
And we've seen what he does in a Russell Wilson offense for uh, what you know three years now. Yeah, um, I would say honestly, I don't expect Russell Wilson to actually go anywhere. Um, I, I don't know, either. Yeah. I know he said that like he keep his options open, but he's since then he's also been very adamant about wanting to stay in Seattle. Yeah. Um, and not so much that. I mean, according to to reports last year, at one point the Bears offered like three first rounders and Khalil Mack, and the Seahawks turned it down. So what the hell are they going to accept this year if they can't take that <laughs> yeah. one? Um, so he's going to stay put. Um, who knows what the running back situation? You know, Carson's going to be healthy and can you know play this year. Rashad Penny may or may not be back. You know, via free agency. So it's hard to say. But I think Russell's there, and they have a ton of money to spend to you know shore up the offensive line. So I would just expect that you know DK and Tyler finish both in the top fifteen again next year. Yeah, speaking of Tyler Lockett, 13 overall, right behind DK, ADP of 19. Um, it's kind of crazy their ADP differences. Um, and and now you know, seeing at the end of the year where they both finished, <clears throat> DK ADP six, Tyler Lockett ADP of 19. Um, you know, Lockett kind of gets this this uh, stigma of being the inconsistent guy, boomer bust option. And you definitely can feel that, but he actually finished 16th in consistency better than DK. He gave you 31.25% elite finishes, 43.75% number one wide receiver finishes. And he had no drops this year, 73 catches on 73 catchable passes had 107 total targets. So I know we just kind of talked about Tyler Lockett. We're thinking probably right around the same as long as Russ is back and offense is relatively the same. I like Tyler Lockett more personally over Metcalf just because the stats stand behind him and um, he, he has been boomer bust in previous years, but he already covered it. He, he's becoming more reliable slowly. He's he's still very much a boomer bust guy, though. I mean, he had that six-week stretch where he – wasn't scoring any points for you early in the season, and that might have ruined your season. But I think value-wise, like their ADPs will probably be pretty similar next year, and you can draft Tyler Lockett a round or two later than than DK, um, and, and basically get the same production. That's a great point, honestly. If it, if anything you get from listening out of this little segment is really that, like like the round difference and how um, we pretty much have the stats to show that. Lockett's going to be around that same area no matter what. Uh, number 14 is Keenan Allen. His ADP was 9 overall. Consistency 18th overall. He gave you zero elite finishes this year. Not one game was he over 18, what is it, 18.72 fantasy points. I when I was building this list, I had to go back and like vet that out. I was like, really? <laughs> and it's true. He didn't. Um he did give you fifty percent of his games where number one wide receiver finishes, but zero games over eighteen points. How do we feel about Keenan Allen next year? I mean, is it is this the truth of Keenan Allen or you know, are we going to see some some big games next year? Maybe if Mike Williams is out of the picture, that opens things up a little bit more. Or is Keenan Allen, you know, on the on on track to maybe be washed? <laughs> Yo, I'll pull the trigger on this because I've been waiting for him to take that next step, and he just hasn't. 
I mean, the last five years, you basically see his his ceiling being around 1,200 yards, six touchdowns. You might exceed that a couple of times in those five years. That's pretty much what you're seeing every single year. So I think we know what he is. He's a um a, a quality wide receiver too at this point. He finishes around 15 every year. Yeah, I mean, he, book it, take it to the bank. He'll be a top five, 15 receiver next year too. Like he hasn't been below top 15 in six years. And the the only times he was before that because he was injury riddled early in his career. Since then, he's been great. So he'll be fine. He's yeah. gonna be a top fifteen receiver. He should be. He'll be you know a super low end receiver one, but a high end receiver two. And you should be very happy to have him on your team. But quit drafting him as a top ten receiver, right? Because his ADP is always up there, you know, top ten, and he's always finishing below that. So you know. I know there's a lot of name value there, and he's got a really good quarterback, but and he's an elite route runner, but the numbers don't lie, especially over that many years. We need touchdowns from this man. That's what we need. Yeah. Even when he finished top five like five years ago, he only had seven touchdowns. That's just a bad year for receivers, honestly, if he finishes that high. Right. Uh, Number 15 overall, Michael Pittman Jr. His ADP was 45. Overall, so he was another guy that was a bit of a steal in the draft. Finished 25th in consistency. Only uh, 5.8% of his finishes were elite finishes. Uh, 41.18% of his finishes were number one receiver finishes. So he's a bit of a question mark uh, here at 15 because of Carson Wentz. Um, Do you think... You know, they're done with Carson Wentz. Do you think they got to stick with him at least for next year again? And if they do stick with him, do we expect a number, another top 15 finish? Um, Who knows, honestly. Uh, it's highly reported that the Colts will either trade or release him by the March 17th trade uh, deadline for him where he gets a roster bonus. So either way, it sounds like Wentz is not on this team next year. So who's throwing him the ball? I have no idea. And that makes a huge difference on where you should be drafting him and where he's going to end up at, you know, in the rankings next year. I mean, if Wentz is gone, that's definitely interesting because it sounds horrible to say that. And that kind of shows you like what his Michael Pittman's floor is in a way. You know, kind of like a bottom-tier starting quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. This is what he's working with. You can see that. And he, he proved he's definitely capable, but his usage is so inconsistent. You know, you'll go from double-digit targets down to three, and it it's, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, well, it, that's Carson Wentz. <laughs> yeah, it might be, right? Or maybe having Jonathan Taylor on the team, yeah, dominant run game. Obviously, There's a lot yeah. of factors that go into that. Um, if he gets more usage, this guy's um, – I think he's a top 15 guy, but the usage is not consistent enough. Yep. No, yeah, he's he's definitely capable. He's got the skill set. It's just <clears throat> we need some consistency at the quarterback position uh, for him to be uh, consistent himself, right? So, and, and get more of those elite finishes. Um, but we'll have to see what happens with, with the quarterback position. That's going to be a major uh, reflection on, on what he'll be able to do next year for your fantasy team. Ryan Fitzpatrick to the Colts? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> He's going to play for every game quarterback. <laughs> His ADP will certainly rise next year, though, uh, versus the 45 that it was going into 2021. 
Same with this next guy, Jalen Waddle, finished as the wide receiver 16 overall. His ADP was 46. So right there behind Michael Pittman. He finished 23, uh, 23rd in consistency. He gave you 18.75% elite finishes, um, 37.5% number one wide receiver finishes. Uh, this is a guy that really came on strong uh, throughout the middle of the season and end of the season. Um, the skill set is there. I know a lot of people like Waddle a lot right now. Um, so his value is certainly rising. I could see it, you know, an ADP of, you know, half at least of what it was going into 2021. He'll be drafted as a, you know, a wide receiver two next year. Do you think that's too much or how, how do you feel about Waddle next year? I uh, feel great about him, honestly. Um, I think a wide receiver two is great. He, I think he could has the potential to finish as a wide receiver one. Uh, their new head coach, Mike McDaniels, was the OC in San Francisco the last couple of years. Uh, I could see Jalen Waddle being used in a Debo Samuel type role. Um, I know they're not the exact wow. same player. Debo has like legitimate running back skills. Um, he's a little bit bigger, can take the pounding. Jalen Waddle's not. It's, right. He's pretty slight. But I could see a lot more, you know, end around fly sweep action for him, um, in an offense that Mike McDaniel's will be coaching up. Yeah, I like that a lot. It'll be interesting to see where his ADP ends up going into next year, but I think it's it's gonna rise quite a bit. Um but yeah, I like it. I, I think he's a riser. Do you think you see a top ten finish out of Jalen Waddle next year? With that said? Um I'd I, I would lock in top 15 uh i don't know if i can go up to top 10 but and honestly that's probably mostly just because like his position group is so damn deep yeah it's i mean like top 10 finishes like you could probably go 20 ish deep players that have the potential to be top 10 wide receivers next year from this list it's yeah. crazy yeah um speaking of next uh finishing at 17 we got chris godwin who will be a free agent um his ADP was 15 coming into the season, so he finished right about where he was drafted. Consistency of six overall. Uh, he gave you 28.57% of his finishes were elite finishes. 57.14% of uh, were number one wide receiver finishes. Uh, obviously, he had the injury. Uh, no more Tom Brady. Possibly going to be on a new team. So a lot is up in the air right now for Chris Godwin. I think as a player, just in general, I really liked him as a player. I've always liked Chris Godwin. Um, But how do we feel about him next year? Can he finish ahead of where he finished this year? Uh, Yeah, I think he absolutely can. He, to, he finished right where he got drafted at, but he also missed. <laughs> three games um, you know he and it could have been you know if it had that injury happened anytime early in the year it would have been a lot more yeah um but for him in terms of like where you think he's going to finish that's completely to be to be determined because right. we have no idea where he's going who's throwing the ball um i think he's a i think he is a clear-cut number one receiver in this league he has the skills for yeah. that um depending on the situation he goes to though will determine on where he's going to end up next year yeah i think based off talent alone like he can finish in the top 10 given ample opportunity and obviously staying healthy, taking all that into consideration. He 100% has the ability to finish 
top 10. Um, but it'll be interesting to see where he goes. I think you're right. He can definitely be a, a number one wide receiver um, wherever he does go. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see. But I'm not worried about the injury. I think he'll recover. I think he's a fantastic player. Um, so if anything, maybe he falls a little bit in ADP just because of the injury. And you can get him out of value. Uh, number 18 overall, C.D. Lamb. Kind of a disappointing season, I think, overall for people who drafted C.D. Lamb. He, you know, there's a ton of hype coming into the season. And obviously he's a good player. The hype is well-deserved. But um, his ADP was 12. He finished at 18. He finished 21st in consistency. 18.75% of his finishes were elite. 43.75% of his finishes were number one wide receiver finishes. Uh, how do we feel about the Cowboys next year? Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and Dak. Well, Amari Cooper continues to regress naturally, as we all expected. <laughs> and CeeDee Lamb. favorite player? Yeah, dude. I'm not even going to talk about him. CD Lamb, honestly, this is a player I think has the potential to become an undeniable person, as I keep yeah. saying in this podcast. It, he just has so many good qualities about him, and if they actually use him the way they should use him, I mean, he'll be a number one receiver in fantasy for you know the next five-plus years. He, there's only four players that broke double-digit tackles wide receiver-wise on this list, and um, he, he's one of the four. That puts him up there with Jamar Chase. Debo Samuel, and I'm not really remembering the other person, but it puts in good quality. That's a, a good, good category. Good yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, I agree with you. I think CD's a guy that legitimately could finish like top five, um, given ample opportunity. The, the fourth person was Tyreek Hill. And yeah. if anyone cares, <laughs> the other person that got double-digit broken tackles this year, which is crazy, wide receiver-wise, LaVisca Chenault. My boy. (laughs) Wow. Blast from the past on that one. (laughs) Um, Honestly, I think we've kind of seen what CD is in this offense because of the way they use him. You don't think they go away from Amari Cooper a little bit next year and, and, you know, the baton is passed, truly passed to CD. Well, I mean, we thought that was going to happen this year and it didn't. Right. From his rookie year to this year. Look how, you know, look where they ended up. Yeah, I mean, I, are you can blame that all on Amari Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't do that. But, but still, something has to change in this offense and in their strategy moving forward. Right. And some some lines have to be drawn and some roles have to be determined because what they're doing now is not cutting it. Right. It's just so from year to year when we thought he was gonna get this big uptick in production, um, his usage went up by a whole nine targets. He caught five more balls for about 120 more yards and one more touchdown. So one game's worth of total yeah. stuff. So like I hear you. they could have used them more and they chose not to. Right. And he played the same amount of games. So like he saw a very slight uptick in usage. I don't know if unless something drastically changes, I don't know if that usage jumps a bunch. Yeah. Yeah. I think as fantasy players we hope it does, but you know, big Mike you know, who knows, man. He he might stick to his guns and you know stick to Amari and 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 Zeke and. You said big big Mike and I thought of like four people. 
<laughs> Big Mike McCarthy, dude? What do you mean? Uh, but legitimately, like CD is a guy that you know is on the back end of this list that I could see finishing at the the top end of this list next year. But it, like you said, it there there has to be some systematic changes in that offense for that to happen. Uh, DJ Moore finished at 19 overall. He had an ADP of 22 overall. Uh, finished 35th in consistency. Not great. Uh, 5.88% of his finishes were elite finishes. 29.41% of his finishes were number one wide receiver overall finishes. So those those are really low numbers. Um, I know some people were really high coming on, you know, on DJ Moore coming into the season. I wasn't really one of those people. Um, kind of avoided him for that reason. And I'm kind of feeling the same next year. <laughs> You know, I could see, sadly, because I think DJ Moore is a, a good player, but I don't know. I just don't have the faith. I, I really could see him falling even farther next year. How do you guys feel about DJ? Unless they get a good quarterback situation, I'm not interested in having him on my team. Like, I mean, it's yeah, it's it's a trap at this point. Without a good quarterback, he's a trap. We we know he's capable of and what he can do, but if you don't have a good quarterback and a good offense, it's not going to work for him. Right. Honestly, it's insane how much more usage he got last year and did the exact same amount of production with it. He had almost 50 more targets last year than he did the year before and came out with the same amount of yards and the same amount of touchdowns. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. An average six less yards per catch. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's a lot on a, on an average basis. That's a lot of yeah, that's a huge difference. Um, and I think I think a lot of it was like, um, schemed. You know, targets. They're trying to get him the ball like at the line of scrimmage and and let him go make a play. And it just wasn't really working, <laughs> and this offense just fell apart. You know, it, it really turned into shambles. People were high on Robbie Anderson. That didn't work out. Um. You know, the quarterback play was terrible. I, I'm i avoiding this offense as a whole next year. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey, you know, obviously you still want him on your team. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a fan right now <laughs> from a fantasy aspect. The one thing you can say about DJ Moore is that he's pretty much locked in as a top 20 uh, wide receiver. The last three seasons he's had... 185 points, 178, and 190. Yeah. That's as about as consistent as you can get. Um, I know the offense isn't great, but at least in a poor offense, you can basically guarantee, you know, bank on wide receiver three numbers from him. Yeah, but I, I think, you know, in the grand scheme of things, like he hurts your team overall for like where you draft him. And he, you know, I know he's still finishing as a top 20 guy, but I don't know. You just expect more. You know what I mean? <laughs> Good pun there. You just expect more out of more, and you just don't get it anymore, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the accidental puns are always the best. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you because, like, he was drafted way over what he, you know, finished as this year. Um, or not necessarily way over, but you know what I mean. But I think because of that, we're, you're going to see his ADP drop a lot this year, and I think he'll be actually slightly undervalued. So you might be able to get a good bargain for him late in the draft. Yeah, and if, if that's the case, then sure, I'll I'll take a shot. But, yeah, I'm not – I don't want to – I don't want to draft him as my wide receiver too. I don't. 
it's safe to say we need this DJ to spin a different record. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, finishing at 20 was Brandon Cooks. He had an ADP of wide receiver 40 overall. Finished 19th in consistency. He was elite 6.25% of the time. Finished as a number one receiver 50% of the time. So if you're able to snag Brandon Cooks, you got some good value out of him this year. But what do we think next year for this Houston Texans team? If you don't include his bad year in 2019, he has five or six straight finishes in the top 18. And really, um, his whole career has finished top 24, if you don't include his um, just down year in 2019. I guess that's all you could really say about that. But um, he's proven that he's definitely a worthy starting receiver every single year in fantasy. Like, at least, like, not starting, but, like, at least flex-worthy. Yeah, honestly, I mean, he's, like, quietly consistent in terms of what he does. Yeah. Um, in terms of next year, I'm sure it's going to be the same. I don't remember the name of the Houston quarterback. Davis Mills. Uh, yeah, yeah, the draft. Um, I expect <laughs> it sounds like they're going to continue to go with him. The long neck. Yeah. <laughs> Little foot. <laughs> um, but it sounds like they actually expect him to be their starter next year. It doesn't sound like they have any, like, grand plans to draft a quarterback um i'm sure there's you know they're still trying to figure out the deshaun watson situation but he's not gonna be back we know that right so it's gonna be littlefoot and brandon cooks next year <laughs> yeah and you know if you're getting them at adp of, of 40 again next year you're you're talking good value but in terms of finishes if, if everything remains the same yeah i mean could we see another top 20 finish out of brandon cooks that's the question I think it's undeniable at this point. <laughs> undeniable. All right. He's not, but him finishing the top 20 is. <laughs> this next guy. <laughs> I like how undeniable the definition is changing as we go throughout this. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to happen no matter what. Yeah. You can't do shit about it. Brandon Cooks, top 20. This next guy I think is really, really interesting, though. Amon Ross St. Brown, someone we talked about coming into this season. Came on strong at the end of the season when he finally got some some good volume, some good targets. His ADP was wide receiver 75 overall. Uh, He finished 29th in consistency. Elite finishes 31.25%. Number one wide receiver finishes 31.25%. So what does that tell us? That tells us when he was given the chance, given the volume, he delivered elite performances. Every single time. Um, Only one drop this year out of 93 catchable passes, 90 catches on 119 targets overall. So how do we feel about Amon Ra next year? I mean, is he a wide receiver too legitimate next year? I'm I'm not going to say it again. (laughs) But I'll be honest, I'm super high on Amon Ra, but it's – it's also a telltale trap for fantasy for me, looking at his stats. Um, just going into the next season, assuming that someone's carrying that momentum from the end of the season into yeah. it, I mean, especially no one was hotter than Amon Ra at the end of the year. So um, his end of the season stats are great, and you would assume it's going to continue next year, but there's there's way too much that's going to happen in the off season That scares me away from him, but I would love to have him as my flex. 
I would love to. Right. Yeah, you have to be worried with him, you know, next year. I know if you took, like, his you know, end-of-year breakout, if you spread that over the course of a season, you're talking about, like, 1,600 yards and, yeah, like, 12 massive like, numbers. Yeah, huge numbers. But, I mean, this is Jared Goff throwing him the football. Right, <laughs> yeah. This is the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Uh, one of the most irrelevant franchises in the history of the NFL. Right. Um, it's just one of those things. Like, I think I think you're you're playing with fire there. Totally. I, I could see. I could absolutely see him still being a top twenty five receiver, top twenty receiver, maybe a top fifteen. It could happen. He has the talent. I was huge on Amon Ra coming into the season, but I just can't bank on it, man. It's it's too tough. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you. I think the Jared Goff thing is legitimate. Like. Cooper Cup had Jared Goff as his quarterback for how many years? Three or four years, and then you know the the one year he doesn't have Cooper or doesn't have Goff as his quarterback, he wins the Triple Crown. You know, one of the best wide receiver seasons of all time. So I I really think you have to take that into account. I I agree with you guys. It's it's a bit of a trap right now. So don't overpay for Amon Ra um, just yet. Uh, finishing at 22 overall, T. Higgins from the Cincinnati Bengals. His ADP was 24, so he he finished right about where he was drafted. Uh, finished 20th in consistency. Gave you 21.43% uh, elite finishes, 42.86% number one wide receiver finishes. So you got some good value out of T. Higgins. Um, he was drafted as as a wide receiver too. Do you see this a similar finish for T. Higgins next year? Uh, I say it's like somewhat similar, but it's someone that I'm like trying to stay away from next year at this point. I I just um, I see that offense like really expanding. Not really expanding, but they they just spread the ball around a lot at this point, and it's so hard to tell who's going to hit. And I don't like the inconsistent receivers, and that's someone who's just not going to hit for you every week. Just with there's too many mouths to feed over there. Uh yeah. I mean, for me, he feels kind of more like a riser. Like I could see him finishing, uh, within the top twenty next year, maybe even up to fifteen. Like, I think if they improve this offensive line, and 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 Burrow has some real time to to read the offense and isn't just banking on Jamar Chase down the field. I, I I could see T. Higgins' volume increase. And he's a good player, man. Like he's he is a good receiver. Um I could see this guy rise next year. But I mean if you're bank if you're gonna say that Jamar Chase or that T. Higgins, you know, jumps up to like fifteen, does that mean you see Jamar Chase falling? Because it's hard I mean Higgins had 1,100 yards this year. Yeah. I mean, and Jamar Chase had, what, 16? Something yeah. along those lines. So, I mean, if that's the case, I feel like they meet more in the middle. I don't think this offense can improve a ton more. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little bit. So, if that's the case, I mean, I think you see Jamar Chase falling. Um, I could see, like, kind of like the DK Tyler Lockett kind of um, situation. You know what I mean? Or maybe a Jefferson Thielen type of tandem um just because i think t higgins is you know obviously their number two guy um and with elite quarterback play you know anything's possible 
Yeah, I do. I like the Jefferson Thielen comparison. Um, I think they differ from like Lockett and DK because they the, between Lockett and DK it doesn't seem like there's a true number one there. Whereas in Justin Jefferson Thielen and Jamar Chase and T Higgins, there is a clear number one. Like yeah. one guy's be, you know the dude in the offense. Right. So I like I do like that comparison. So I I could see that happening. Yeah. Inconsistency is scary to me, man. He'll go from like fifteen targets down to like back to five. And that that that's where I get back to like the whole like mouths to feed thing. And kind of what you were saying, you know, like with them having like a the tandem going, it's just it's it's not a situation where he's gonna be consistent every week and that scares me away from him. Yeah. Actually, just the comparison this if since we're we're on that. Couldn't you see Joe Burrow taking a leap kind of like Josh Allen did where he becomes uh, just better reading the field? And That's what I'm thinking. That you know, and I, Then he spreads the ball around more, so you'll see Jamar Chase come back like we saw Stephon Diggs did. And then you know you see a boost from T. Higgins or a boost from like Gabriel Davis who we did this year. Yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm coming from. Like I, I legitimately think you know, the only thing this team has to do on the offensive side of the ball is invest everything they have right now into that offensive line improve the offensive line however they can. And that's going to give Joe Burrow more time to, to read the field, you know, look at his other options other than just, hey, Jamar Chase is down there somewhere. I'm going to throw it up, you know, because I have two and a half seconds to <laughs> to make this decision, right? So that's that's kind of where my take is coming from. Now we'll see if they actually improve their offensive line or what, but I think the ability is there. For T. Higgins to finish in a uh, as a, like a top fifteen wide receiver. Uh, Marquise Brown, Marquise Hollywood Brown finished twenty three overall. His ADP was fifty five. So you got some good value out of Hollywood this year. Uh, we saw some some definitely some improvement uh, from previous years. Finished twenty sixth in consistency. He was elite twelve point five percent of the time. Thirty seven point five percent of the time he gave you a number one wide receiver finish. How do we feel about uh, this offense and and Hollywood Brown next year? Can you trust him to finish as a wide receiver too again? I personally cannot. I'll just say that. I mean, I can't let it slide the fact that um, from week 10 on, he didn't finish higher than wide receiver 40. Like just a horrible second half of the year. Yeah. He had some big uh, boom plays at the beginning of the year, and then it it kind of fell off a cliff. I mean, I think it's around the same time with the Lamar Jackson injury. But either way, I'm just I'm scared away by it. This is someone with the potential, but the offensive scheme doesn't really work for fantasy for us, and I'm just not really that high on him. You know, when we first came into this, I thought I was going to wholeheartedly agree with you, but. I'm the the more I look at his stats, the more I think better of him. Um, I think that massive drop off in the second half of the season is can be attributed to the amazing amount of injuries the Ravens had. Yeah. Um, I mean to Lamar Jackson, to all the DBs. I mean, there's so many guys that got hurt. Um, and that and I know they're defensive players, but that your the way your defense is playing changes the way you play on offense. Also, um, you have to include the running back situation in that too. So. I think Hollywood Brown is actually still a reasonable wide receiver two next year. Uh, low end receiver, two, wide receiver two, probably and a very high end flex. But if you look at what he's done, he's improved every year. His uh, target share went up 
massive this year. He had 100 targets last year, 145 this year. That's huge. Yeah. So I don't expect that to really change unless you see another wide receiver get brought into the offense. <clears throat> Rashad Bateman. I knew you were right. <laughs> Or a massive improvement from Rashad Bateman, which only, honestly, in terms of overall production, might only help Marquise Brown. His targets might go down, but I think his production could go up. Okay. Yeah, I can get with that. Uh, 24 overall, Darnell Mooney. His ADP was 51. I finished 30th in consistency. 11.76 of his finishes were elite. 35.29% were number one wide receiver finishes. Justin Fields, Chicago Bears, offense. Where do we see this? How do we see this playing out next year? Is Darnell going to give you wide receiver two numbers? I think that's definitely possible. You got to put it into consideration the fact that it was not necessarily the Justin Fields show like all year. Right. You know, you had Andy Dalton thrown in there quite a few times. So, like, they never really got like their chemistry going. And um, we'll talk about uh, Scary Terry here in a second. But uh, Darnell Mooney and Scary Terry both kind of fall in the category of guys who had a lot of targets and not that many catches. Yeah. And you could probably chalk that up to bad quarterback play. Right. So if they can just somehow get a little bit more solid at the quarterback position, I'm I'm loving Darnell Mooney, um, just about as much as I was last off season. Really, like he's kind of in the same light for me. Like still a lot of potential, and you just haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I think you know we've seen him getting massive separation on cornerbacks, and or he's really quick, um, agile out of his cuts. I mean, he burst out of his out of his cuts. Um. So he can get open. It's just a matter of getting him some accurate passes. I think, like you said, Trey, I'm I'm kind of in the same light too. Like I I think he can be a wide receiver too. You'll probably be able to draft him as a, a wide receiver three flex option, um, and and he could give your team some massive upside next year. Yeah, honestly, it's going to be super interesting to see the way this offense goes. So um, they brought in a defensive-minded head coach. The OC they hired on um, has 15 years of head coaching experience, all with the Packers. The last three years as the QB coach there. So that means he has major influence from Matt LaFleur, but also Mike McCarthy in terms of his offensive philosophy. So I'm not sure which way this is going to go in terms of, you know, however this offensive philosophy looks like. Yeah. Um, having a young quarterback in Justin Fields, I would expect them to lean heavily on the run game and play action passing, which bodes well for Darnell Mooney and Justin Fields for that matter. Um, and and, and Mooney's probably gonna be the number one receiver this. No, that's what I was gonna say. No, Allen Robinson. I mean, likely, likely, yeah, likely. So. That's huge, but it also means that he's the only receiver that the defense has to, you know, worry about. So it's hard to say. Um, I could absolutely see him, though, jumping up on, on this list. Okay. The next guy, I think, is also a big question mark. I mean, finishing at 25, but he was drafted as a wide receiver one. Terry McLaurin, scary Terry, ADP of 10 overall. You know, when you drafted him, you were expecting elite production most of the time. 
He finished 37th in consistency. Uh, he was elite 23.53% of the time. Number one finishes 23.53% of the time, meaning he had a few good games. <laughs> and that's it. Outside of that, he killed your team. Um, you know, it, it feels like right now for Terry, like the only direction he could go is up. But is it? You know, like with the question marks at quarterback, Taylor Heineke, like does he improve over the offseason? Does this offense improve overall? Does Ron uh, Rivera figure it out and and get this offense going? You know, Taylor Heineke, kind of the gunslinger mentality, but without the ability. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Um, I love his play style, but he doesn't really have the tools in his arsenal to to make it efficient like a Brett Favre or a, or a Mahomes or you know those true gunslingers how do you guys feel about Terry next year and do you draft him can you even consider drafting him as a wide receiver one again next year definitely not wide receiver one um at this point I'm considering him like I would I wouldn't even want to know it's my wide receiver too. I'd maybe lock him in as my flex the way I've been trying to draft in theory this early in the off season. I, uh, that I mean, there's sale. no way you get him as a flex though. You know, there's no way he's still on the board. I think still, even after this year at wide receiver three, that's a great point. That's what I'm saying. Like he'll probably draft it higher than he should be. Yeah. All right. So completely opposite of you guys here. Terry, uh, Scary Terry is a guy that I actually will probably target a lot of these drafts. I think he's going to be undervalued this year. I think he's going to end up going way later in the in the draft than he should. The reason for that, the only reason he was a disappointment this year is because we expected so much more from him. That's this point. If you look at his stats, they are basically the exact same from last year to this year. And, that, and both years had the inconsistent quarterback play. So depending on the quarterback situation, if it's uh, Heineke, then expect more of the same. If the quarterback situation improves, then I can expect you him to jump up and be a you know a borderline receiver one, but probably a very solid receiver two. So that's that's where you're targeting him though, is wide receiver two. No, actually, I think you'll be able to draft him as a low end receiver two, high end receiver three, or flex play, and he's going to produce a lot better than that. Okay. Well, but I'm just saying you're not you're not drafting Terry as as your wide receiver one. No. Right. No. I mean, even with unless like the quarterback play is dramatically improved, I don't see that happening. He has the talent for it for sure. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. A hundred percent. He has but, I the mean, talent. Even at best, I mean, it's gonna be a marginal improvement at quarterback. There's not a ton out there. Um and Washington just doesn't seem like the type of organization is gonna bring in like a good free agent. So it means they're either developing through the draft or having to get a trade. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I guess I'd, obviously, if you get him as your wide receiver too, I think you're, you're sitting pretty, but someone's going to take a shot at him, you know, and draft him probably too early is my feeling right now. You know, someone who just maybe doesn't pay enough attention like, like we do and they, they're just, drafting it based off name value they're just going off the top 100 espn overall or whatever you know 
and they just see his name and they and they just take him. Um, that's where I could. That's what I can see a, a lot happening next year in redraft leagues. But I think if you can if you can snag him as your wide receiver too, there's a lot of upside there, right? He's one of those guys. Will be interesting to see where his ADP is at uh, when draft season starts. Yeah, because I'm on the other. I think he's going to be undervalued. I think I could see most people drafting him as a wide receiver three. Yeah. Um, and I think he'll actually produce much better than that. So, um, it'll be interesting. Obviously, we're on we're on opposite sides there. So we'll see. You know where his ADP is at, and that'll probably determine where I would draft him again. Anyways, um, you know, people might still overvalue him, but I have this weird feeling that people are going to undervalue him. If Taylor Heineke's the quarterback, where do you think he finishes? Probably like right where he's at now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Alrighty, well that'll do it for the top twenty-five wide receiver episodes. Uh, if you haven't already, you can hey, just real quick, real quick, I got it while we're here. Yeah, we're don't take don't consider the guys that we lost a bunch of time because because of injury. Any guys that are not on the top twenty-five, you expect to make a jump into the top twenty-five this year? Hmm. Are, are you asking who guys we can think of? I mean, Adam yeah. Adam Thielen's an easy one. Well, again, if they if they missed a bunch of time because of injury, they missed you know three, four, five games plus because of injury. Don't consider them because that's those are you know easy it's guys that played you know a full season that could jump higher into these rankings. I mean, AJ Brown is a good one um, that deserves to be up there for sure. He missed four games. Oh, okay. Well, that's four games. Yeah. Oh man, um, I like Elijah Moore breaking in. Brandon Ayuk. I think Ayuk can break in. Um, let's see what happens, you know, with the quarterback situation in Denver, but Corton Sutton. Um, oh, if you want to throw that Moore. one out there, if you want to throw Corton Sutton out there, Russell Gage, baby. Elijah Moore. Okay. Nah. I mean, I, those are some some guys. The two guys I'm looking at are Devontae Smith. You know, one more yeah, year. Yeah, that was one I was thinking of. Yeah, you know, one more year with Jalen Hurts, and the other guy is Van Jefferson. Cause yeah, you know, OBJ's he, he may he, uh, he may retire too. It's you know, it's up in there. He might not be back. Bobby Woods though. Bobby Woods coming back. I mean, he's still coming off of uh, an ACL tear, and you know, I know people bounce up back to them easier, but I mean, he was known as like your short route, quick guy. You know, yards have to catch, and that could hinder him some. So, um, those are just a couple guys that I'm kind of looking at. Yeah, Elijah Moore. <laughs> I like that guy a lot. I'm telling you, he's gonna be a he's gonna be a stud, no doubt about it. Uh, that'll do it for the wide receiver episode here. We will have, I think we're gonna cover the other positions, right? Tight end, quarterbacks. If you're looking for running backs, we already did that episode, so go find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Hit us up there if you have any questions, uh, comments, concerns. Uh, we are on the Twitter and active. So, um, yeah, follow us there. Um, we are going to cover the coaches' changes here in the near future at some point, all the different coaching changes and hires and, and how that might affect uh, those teams. So at some point you'll be seeing that in the near future. We're going to get into some uh, dynasty rookies, you know, come draft time. We'll be getting into that type of content. So keep an eye out for all that good 
good content. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you later. Bye. Ha, 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 ha.